Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. I want to welcome you to The Vine. I'm John Adams, lead pastor at The Vine. And if you're here in person or some of you are online, uh, hey, welcome. It's great to have many of you back. And it's uh, beautiful to kind of start our new ministry year together today. And, uh, you know, think about some of the things in your life that you think you can be confident in. You know, one area, one thing I can definitely be confident in my life is my wife's cooking. Dinner is not only beautiful, I mean, it's colorful and wonderful, but it's so tasty. Lizanne brings it, man, almost every meal, and uh, she's just so good to me, I mean, in that way. I'm so grateful to her, and, uh, and so what a gift that is. I'm confident in that. Uh, you know, every once in a while, there's a, there's a little miss, but she's, she's, she is so good. And then, uh, you know, you think about Trey Young, Atlanta Hawks basketball. He gets fouled. He's pretty much going to make the free throw, right? Or you think about Olympics. How about, uh, you know, you think about Dressel and uh, just his swimming feats of five gold medals and just the incredible swimmer that he is. We're pretty confident when he gets uh, swimming on that 50-meter freestyle that he's going to win. And uh, so, you know, there's lots of things we can be confident in our life. You know, you can be confident in, uh, hey, I got enough money, or I got got, uh, enough friends, I got enough uh, free time, uh, confident in my social media, I'm confident in just who I am. And just there's so many things that we can be confident in, but there's one person, and you know his name, you can always be confident in. At every moment, every time, every, every time you trust him, no matter what your circumstances are, and he is our God. He's the one we've been singing about this morning, Jesus the Lord. And we come uh, not just here to, uh, you know, Caleb Dressel was called King, King Caleb, but we have a true king that we can be absolutely confident in, and his name is Jesus the Lord. So today, we're going to be starting a new series out of the book of Philippians. And uh, when uh, Tim Barton, one of our pastors, and myself went uh, away for a uh, retreat to to, uh, just trust God in what he's doing, we brought it back to the elders. And our elders, uh, through prayer and through seeking God, confirmed that, that our focus this year is going to be on becoming confident in Jesus Christ. Because why? We felt like we just sensed that every one of us need to know that more and more. That's a huge area of growth that we need. And we're going to be studying the book of Philippians and really excited about it. We're going to walk through the entire book. This is going to be a great journey. But we're going to see over and over again as we come to these amazing scriptures written by the Apostle Paul about what it means to become confident in Christ. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, or your handhelds. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start right from the beginning and encourage you to bring your Bibles and bring so you can see the Word of God and you can dig in with us today. Philippians 1, verses 1 through 6. Paul and Timothy 
servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is God's gracious, sovereign, holy word. Thanks be to our God. So we're going to look at three questions today about becoming confident in Christ, and they are these. What is it? Why do we need it? And then how do we live it? So first of all, about becoming confident in Christ, what is it? Uh, The English Standard Version that I read is verse 6, translates verse 6 beginning, and I am sure. The New International Version says it this way, and being confident. And this kind of confidence is given by a settled persuasion concerning what is true. Do you have that settled persuasion today? Do you have a sense of peace and, and confidence in Christ? You know, as you think about what that means, what is that definition of confidence in Christ? Here's one way to define it. We're going to define it this way throughout our series. It's a growing trust in Jesus, that he will do what he said he's going to do in every situation. (laughs) Man, help us, Lord, to have that growing trust for those of you here who are Christ followers. You know, Paul was sure of that. He had that growing trust. You remember early in his life, you know, he he was anti-Christian. He, he was polar opposite of where he ended up when he wrote this amazing letter of Philippians. Remember, he, back in the end of Acts chapter 7, beginning of Acts chapter 8, he's actually persecuting Christians. He's putting them in jail. And now he's writing this letter from jail. He's in jail, and he says it's all for Christ's sake and his glory. And he's actually celebrating it. How does he do that? Okay, guys, ladies... When you have hard circumstances, how do you go through that? I know I, I, it's, it's so easy to be in self-pity or, or really say, God, do you really care? But here Paul shows us a man, whether he's in, he says this in chapter 4, whether he's in good circumstances or bad, it didn't matter. He was settled in a confidence, a growing trust in his Sovereign Jesus. And so we, we see that Paul had this radical change in his life, and he grew and grew and grew, and we are growing too. Every one of us who are Christ followers have this privilege to continue to grow in Jesus. Look at the beginning of this letter, how Paul grew. He grew. He, Philippians 1.1 says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. We'll see more about Timothy in chapter 2. His, and he's writing uh, if, uh, from, as from himself and Timothy. He is in jail in Rome. And he writes that they are servants of Christ Jesus. That word servants is very interesting. It's the word that means actually 
bond slaves. Bond slaves. Now, let me, let me just back up for a second and tell you more about how Paul usually introduced himself. He usually would say, like in most of his 13 letters, he would say, Paul, an apostle. Because he was trying to establish, like in Corinth, they were questioning, you know, his authority. Is it really from God? And he's saying, look, I'm an apostle sent by God. This has got authority stamped from God. But here he says, I am a bond slave. Now, where, where does that come from in the Bible? The bond slave goes all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 15 and Exodus chapter 21. And there it talks about the bond slave, that if, if you had a slave, and the Hebrews did have slaves, and after six years, you were required to release that slave. But if that slave, because he he or she felt loved by the master or the owner, uh, wanted to remain in the family and in relationship and serve that family for the rest of their lives, they would actually have the owner take them to a door. (laughs) They would have a door and they would place their ear on the door and the owner would take an awl and pierce the ear of that bond slave. And that mark of piercing was forever a mark that that voluntarily that slave had put themselves under the the love and relationship and ownership permanently of that, that master. And you see what the beauty of what Paul is painting here, he's saying? He says, I'm a servant under the authority of the servant Jesus. You see, Jesus is called the servant in Philippians 2. And Jesus, because he is so trustworthy, he's so reliable, he is so full of love, grace, and mercy that we all are saying today, pierce our ear, Lord. Take us to your door this day. Pierce our ear. We're putting ourselves under you voluntarily. And because of your great faithful love. And so Paul goes on to say here, Paul and Timothy, bond slaves of Christ Jesus. Of Christ Jesus. He's the one we're under. He's the one that we're voluntarily saying, Lord, you're the reason why we are living. And you see, this opening of line sets the tone for the entire letter. And and we see here... the second half of verse 1, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Now, what's a saint? Here Paul is saying that you have a true identity. And you, if you know Jesus Christ as your God and your Lord, you are a saint. Not because we know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, not because of works we have done, no. But because of his works and his righteousness that he credits to our accounts, his right standing before God through his death and resurrection and his complete humiliation was the price we needed to be paid so that Jesus could not only take our sins, he would give us all of his right standing. Isn't that good? You all, if you know Jesus, you are a saint. And not be, 
You're not a saint because of what you've done. You are a saint because of what Christ has done. He has established your identity. You are in union with him and him alone. Praise be to God. And so he goes and says to all the saints, it's not your works. It's not your efforts. It's not your abilities. It's mine. It's God's. God, the Lord is saying through the Apostle Paul, in Christ Jesus, who are at Philippi, with the overseers, overseers are also called elders. And we have elders, ruling and teaching elders, pastors, here in this congregation. So overseers are the elders, and the deacons are the role of the servant leaders in the church, of who had that office in the church. And he goes on, verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this isn't just a throwaway phrase because he has a, what's called a salutation, like in a letter. No, he says grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We get all of God's grace. Verse 7 says, we're going to see it next week, that we who know Christ are partakers of what? Grace? The last verse in this very letter says, he says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And throughout Philippians, as all of his letter it is founded in God's work, his, 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 un, his gift of unmerited grace and an unmerited work that we could never earn or deserve. He gives it, lavishes it, grace upon us who know him and that Philippian church of that day. And mercy, mercy is like the shalom, the Hebrew word for peace. And, and shalom means that, that we are full of wholeness, that he is taking all of our brokenness because of our sin and our failures, and he is refabricating our lives. He is taking the tapestry of our lives and he is putting it all together into a beautiful tapestry for his glory. He has given us grace and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So who are they? Who are the Philippians? Who are you? What's your identity? You're a saint because of God's work. And what do you get from Jesus? He gives you grace and peace. And so Paul is confident in his role and his identity that we get to receive and be a part of. And this leads to our second question, not just what is a confidence in Christ, but why do we need it? You see, why do we need it? The, see, the context of Philippians is key to understanding Paul's confidence. Paul's friendship with the Philippians goes back 12 years earlier when he himself was planted the church at Philippi. He, in Acts chapter 16, it tells us that Paul and Silas, his traveling companion, had just cast out demons out of a, a young slave girl who was, um, who was making lots of money for her owners. And when that happened, obviously, the fortune-telling and her works in, in the occult <laughs> ceased. 
And so her owners got furious because the money wasn't coming in. And so they went to the, the Philippian magistrates, the leadership of, the, of that local area. And they had Paul arrested because they were influential people. And Paul was arrested and, and Silas, and they were beaten and thrown into prison. So what do they do? What do they do in prison? Acts 16 tells us. Do they, do they scream in agony? Or do they silently sulk? <laughs> what do you do when you're going through really hard stuff? Well, they start worshiping God. In the middle of the night, they start praising Him and singing His praises with all their might. And, and uh, you know what? Acts 16.25 tells us that, that not in their own strength, but they, in the midst of suffering, respond in a way that you, you wouldn't do in your own strength. See, are we confident, that confident in Christ, especially in the midst of suffering? You know, so the story goes on in Acts 16, a violent earthquake hit, and the jailer, the jailer who was overseeing them was thought that the prisoners had escaped. And, and this would mean that he would be executed by his authorities for his irresponsible actions. But So he's about ready. He takes his sword, the jailer, and he's about ready to kill himself. And Paul calls out, hey, we're here. And he sees Paul, he sees Paul and the rest of the prisoners. They're there. And he falls on his face before the God of Paul. And he's overwhelmed by what God has done and who he is. And he's, he asks, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And so he receives, he falls on his face in faith in Jesus. It's crazy this, how God worked in mighty ways in Paul's life in the midst of the hardest of circumstances. Fast forward 12 years later, Acts 28.30 tells us that Paul in prison is under Roman house arrest for two years. And Paul continued to proclaim Jesus to all who visited him. And he was free to do that. And in verse 12 and 14 of chapter 1 tell us about all who noticed Paul's confidence in God. Look at it. It says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known through the whole imperial guard and to all the rest of my, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord in my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul's confidence in Christ is spreading. Do you see it? I mean, not just to the jailer and his family, but the church at Philippi, even the Roman guards that he's under house arrest under. Paul is, is confident no matter what his circumstances. He's in prison, guys. You know, besides this letter, we also see that Paul wrote three other letters uh, out of his Roman uh, prison, uh, and they were Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. And church history tells us not long after he's released 
from prison in Rome. A few years later, he's actually martyred. He dies for his faith. And this guy, I can only imagine that when he died, he's still worshiping God to the end, to the end of his life. He was full of confidence, not because of his determination, but because of Jesus' precious work. See, why do we need to become more confident in Christ? Verse 12 of of chapter 1 tells us, we've looked at it, it says this, that it says that so that I might, so it has really served me to advance the gospel. It is about his kingdom and his glory and his work. It is about advancing his purposes. And we know that, that throughout this letter, beginning, and we'll see it in, starting in next week in verse 11, that it's all for God's glory, all for his namesake, all for his fame. Gang, it's really not about us. It's about him and his glory and fame. And he says this. He says this in chapter 2. And he says that that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess what to the glory of God the Father. And Christ Jesus, may he be praised. And may the Spirit of God be glorified. May our great God be exalted. And we'll see next week that it's it's all about his glory and fame. That's why we need to become more confident in him. That's why we need to live our lives. And we'll live our lives purposefully as we live for his glory and his namesake. But thirdly, how do we live it? How do we become more confident in living for Christ? And, and, And... He said already this, that I've called you by name. I'm I'm going to actually take you, not just start you in your your journey in relationship with me. I'm going to bring you to the finish line all the way. Verse 6 again, look at it. He says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Of Christ Jesus. God Himself will finish what He's begun in our lives, church. God Himself is working in you, even when it doesn't feel that way. He is doing a great work of His grace and His peace and applying Jesus' saving work in our lives. Are we saying, God, Lord, help me to trust that? Help me to believe that. Thank you that you are going to finish what you have begun. You know, and some means to remind us of his, his finishing work is reading the word. We're going to look at that throughout the study. And it's so important for you to be in the word, to study, to meditate on it, to dig into it. And I'd encourage you to jump in and read uh, the letter of Philippians. It would be a great place to start your study. And next week, we're going to go through Verse 11 of chapter 1, if you want to join me in reading and meditating on that passage as well. This is so important because the word of God is God's very speaking to us and and reminding us over and over again, I'm in charge, I'm God. I am going to complete the work that I have begun in you. I'm going to help you. 
I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to empower you. And then pray. You know, that's another way that we, we, it's a means of saying, God, I want to trust you more and more that you're going to complete what you have begun. This beautiful prayer begins, we see it here in verse 3 and ends in verse 11. We'll see that next week. And it's full of just beautiful, the outline of it is amazing. We'll look at that next week. Come join us. But that's how we begin to live it is to be reminded not about our doing enough, again, Bible reading or prayer. Those are means to point us to a great sovereign God who will bring us to the finish line. He is working in you and through you even when you don't even sense it or know it. But it's so easy to believe lies, right? It's so easy to believe, God, where are you? You know, what are you doing? Imagine if you were Paul and you were going through this imprisonment. You're like, God, didn't I work hard for you in my life? I deserve better. But Paul himself reminds us that, that in Philippians 3.3, he says, I put no confidence in the flesh. And this is, confidence in the flesh is simply trusting anything other than God to bring us happiness. And putting confidence in humans or human things, including yourself, is just another cheap substitute. You know, maybe some of you have heard this name, John Calvin. He's a reformer and Bible teacher way back in the 16th century. And he said that our hearts are like idol factories. And idols aren't just like these little, these little um, objects that we build or we form and we worship. No, they're idols of the heart. And, and, you know, we all struggle with different idols. You know, one, one thing that, that I noticed recently was my struggle with control. I know it's hard for you to believe. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's, it's been a... It's been a tough last month for Lizanne and I, my wife and I. Yeah, our dog, uh, Bailey, we had to take to the, to the vet to put her to sleep. And then June 23rd, Mama Devi, 90 years old, we rejoiced, but she, we were sad. We're sad that she's gone. It leaves a hole in our hearts, you know, and we're so glad for her. But, you know, I was processing in my with a couple friends in Lausanne a couple weeks ago, what's going on in me? Because I don't know, just feel sad, but I actually feel a little, I felt a little restless and a little just out of sync. And I realized this, maybe you've had this feeling too, I don't like being out of control. <laughs> and you know, I was, I've been out of control. And I've had to say, God, I, I identify that. That's an idol. That's something that I've been trusting too much, is that keeping things in control in my life. And I want to reject that and just acknowledge it and reject it. So, gang, it's a cheap substitute. Idols that we believe. What's your idol? What is the thing you're holding on to? We all deal with this. Do you know what it is? Is it, is it something like approval or power or security, control? Is it related to some, some think about the, the person or thing or 
or um, pursuit that you have in your life that you think, this is going to make me happy. Well, underneath that thing, the thing that's driving you to pursue that is your idol. So, So think about it in your life and consider it as we come to the Lord's Supper. That this morning, that you... And I would say, Lord, what, what is the cheap substitute that I am trusting other than the Lord? And then, Lord, give me faith. Give me faith to be a servant, a, actually a bond slave. Lord, take me to your door this day. God, pierce my ear. I voluntarily entrust. I acknowledge that I am coming and putting my life, my heart, everything I am, I'm saying, God, I want a growing trust in you. I want confidence in you, Lord. Let's pray together as we take, get ready for a moment of silent meditation. God, just thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and peace. Thank you for Lord Jesus coming. And thank you for Paul writing this amazing letter from you to us. Help us. Help us, Lord, we pray. And now just take a moment of silent meditation. Will you ask the Lord to identify what cheap substitute am I trusting other than the Lord? What cheap substitute am I trusting other than the Lord? Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.